This morning, Pastor Braun has asked me to introduce a special guest from the past, Dr. Martin Luther. He will finish our series on prayer. Welcome, good Dr. Luther. Good morning, the Gates. <laughs> good morning, have been born. As you know, we've been working our way through the Lord's Prayer these past few Sundays. Since today is Reformation Sunday, we thought it only appropriate to interview you about prayer. In particular, about the meaning of the word Amen. We know it means, yes, yes, it shall be so. This becomes obvious in the context of today's reading from Corinthians. For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. My first question is, why do we end prayer with amen? Well, that's simple. With the word amen, we say, well then, this prayer has been heard by God. I know this for certain and for true. That's what amen means. Isn't that kind of a bold assumption? I mean, we're all sinners. Aren't we and our prayers unworthy? Well, you must have your prayer or base your prayer on God's Word and promise. Nay, His own command and bidding and say, Dear Lord, you know that I don't appear before you on my own accord or presuming any worthiness in me. For if I were to look at those things, I would not dare to raise my eyes to you and would not know how even to begin to pray. But I come because you yourself have bidden and earnestly requested us to, to call on you and have also promised us a hearing. Man must indeed be wise and not doubt that he and his prayers are unworthy before such an infinite majesty. In no wise dare he trust in his own worthiness or grow faint in his own unworthiness. I pray and work only because God out of his pure goodness has promised to hear and to be gracious to all who are unworthy. You should come to God by faith as a, a little chicken hastens under the hens of a wing and says, or the wings of a hen and says, I would not be so bold as to speak this prayer were it not done in the name of Christ. In His name, I bow my knees, although I am not worthy to be heard by God. Thus we pray that our prayer may be offered in faith and may flow from faith. Dr. Luther, what does the word amen teach us about how we should pray? For instance, in today's gospel, Jesus uses the example of a neighbor who wakes up his friend in the middle of the night to ask him a favor to teach us how to pray. Jesus said, because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Won't God get tired of us nagging him like that? Well, here the evangelist teaches us the fine art 
of begging teaches us to be positively obtrusive, unabashed, and endlessly persistent before God. For he who is timid soon permits himself to be turned away and is not fit for begging. We must shed all shyness and consider that our Lord Jesus wants us to have us urge and persevere. For to give much is His delight and glory. And He is pleased if we accept much good from Him and if we expect much good from Him. For He who wants, he who wants to wait until He is worthy that God give Him something will surely never ask for anything. It is Best, therefore, to shed all shyness and quickly open the mouth and pray. The beggars on the streets and the lanes know this well, but people don't like it and are disgusted. They turn the beggar away with bad words. But our Lord likes persistent people. Confidently continue and will not be turned away. Let me give you another example of how to pray. A, a good and active barber must keep his thoughts, mind, and eyes closely on the razor and the hair and must not forget where he is with stroke and shave. But if he wants to gossip freely at the same time or let his thoughts or eyes go elsewhere, he'll cut off a man's mouth or his nose or cut his throat. How much more does prayer if it is to be a good prayer, require a heart that is undistracted, entirely and solely given to its devotion. Do you believe that God always answers prayers? After all, He often does not give us what we want. Did He not let David pray for the life of his son in vain? I want you to think about what St. John wrote. This is the confidence we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And St. Paul wrote to the Romans, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We enjoy the benefit that our prayer is always heard. For if it is not heard according to our will, yet it is heard according to the will of God, which is better than ours. It's not necessary that God always hear according to my will, for then He would be my prisoner. And why should He hear our prayers if He knows of something that is better for us? Well, then shouldn't we add an if to our prayers? If your will be done. Well, whatever pertains to our salvation and directly to the glory of God, we should ask for in prayer without any doubt. For it is clear that God wants to have His glory and our salvation unimpaired. But when temporal affairs are concerned, God's will is not so clear. A person may be poor, sick, miserable, 
and despised and yet be saved, as happens to all Christians. Since then, salvation is not affected by the lack of such temporal things, but this lack may produce something good. He who prays for aid and help should certainly believe that God helps and will help. Yet he should make his will depend on God's will. So then, should we or should we not end all our prayers with a confident amen? Consider how it would please you if someone came to you with a request and then said, I do, however, not believe that you will give me what I've asked for. Yet you had promised them. You would consider his request a mockery and you would recall all that you promised and would probably rebuke him. How then can it please God who has given us a sure promise that we shall have what we ask for if by our doubts we charge him with lying and violate the very spirit of the prayer and the prayer we offer, casting reproach upon the truthfulness of God to which we appeal in the prayer. Therefore, the little word amen means truly, certainly. It is a word of firm, heartfelt faith. Its use is the equivalent to saying, Oh God, my Father, the things for which I have prayed, I doubt not, are certainly right and will be granted, not because I have prayed for them, but because you have invited us to pray for them and have promised surely to give them. Moreover, I am sure, God, that you are truthful and cannot lie. Therefore, not the worthiness of my prayer, but the certainty of your truth makes me believe firmly that with every doubt dispelled, that my prayer become an amen and be an amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Kyle, for helping with the sermon today. Thank you, Dr. Luther. <laughs> I want you to know those are all his words. Um, you can find them all in what Luther says about prayer. So anyway.